deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock don't be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZZ. And I'm Liz. And Liz was the best movie you saw last year i thought you were gonna say last week so i was going to say after <laughs> yeah the, the hit film based on the harry styles fan fiction um in the last year what was the best movie i saw i enjoyed venom quite a bit that was a oh fun did you end one. up seeing did you end up seeing venom i did i i did enjoy it not a good movie but a fun one for sure yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet, but I was I I that's on my list. That looked very funny. But I feel like there's a movie that a lot of people say, like the professor in the hit film that we watched last week after. Mm. Sometimes power of a good movie is how it keeps you talking about it, right? Perhaps. Perhaps so. So because I just you know, I'm bringing this up because we are now six or seven months removed from watching fantastic beasts the crimes of grindelwald but we're still talking about it we've still got some stuff to say about this film um it's kind of inescapable so maybe yeah if if you if the measure of a good movie is purely how much you talk about it um i i guess this is my (laughs) favorite movie of all time (laughs) I am very sorry that we are once again talking about Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, but there is some new news kind of surrounding it. And I guess more surrounding the uh, like inevitable sequel. Um, but this is from uh, page six, the, uh, the Hollywood rumor uh, magazine. Uh, Warner Bros. freaking out Depp suit will harm Harry Potter films. Uh there's in case in case you've been living under a rock, uh, there's been a bunch of uh, lawsuits flying back and forth between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. This is like because I know I, I'm trying I'm, I'm, I'm losing track of the timeline here because he filed a countersuit against her. And I think then she filed a new suit against him with different charges. And then he is suing back against that i think um like it's a whole fucking mess uh johnny depp sucks and is terrible but it is very funny to me that warner brothers is just now apparently freaking out quote unquote about him being involved in these movies it sure feels like i mean obviously they don't care from like right. a human perspective no but they're noticing sure feels like they are feeling the ouch of crimes of Grindelwald not doing very well. Right. Right. And that seems like an easy target as to why that might be. Although I don't think that that is the reason. I think the reason is the script was bad. Uh So maybe, maybe they are, they are addressing both issues, right? Like those are the big, the big two, Mm -hmm. two parts of this that they might be interested in on their, on their quest to make, 100 billion (laughs) dollars right crimes of grindelwald was not good but if it had been like a really good script that wouldn't make casting johnny depp any better correct these are two two problems that need fixing and it's yeah it's 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 kind of pathetic like of course they only care because it's it it's affecting the bottom line 
But although I will say it, it sounds like, you know, if, if the rumors being reported on here are true, it sounds like it is sort of at least coming from like a little bit of internal backlash at Warner Brothers. Um, I'm just going to read this quote here. Executives at Warner Brothers are wondering how to deal with the backlash of the debt matter on the Harry Potter franchise, a source said. High-level female executives at the studio are extremely worried about working with Depp and the message it sends to the public, especially after the recent sordid departure of CEO Kevin Sujihara. Which, we read that article about that CEO commenting on, like, what they're doing to fix the Harry Potter franchise, like, a week before he got ousted in this. Oh, that was that guy? That's that guy. Yeah, he's... Oh! Yeah, yeah. He 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 commented about how, you know, oh, we know that J.K. Rowling needs to write better scripts. And then immediately it came out that he was basically running, like, a classic Hollywood casting couch. Whew. So that's cool. Uh, but this continues. This is yet another blow to the morale of female employees at the studio, the source said. If Warner Bros. continues to stick by Johnny Depp, it would reveal a lot about the values the company holds. Um, so it sounds like it is at least maybe coming from like an internal like struggle at the company, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would imagine that like any real decision being made probably comes down to like we 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 need to look good to make money, right? Yes. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it's it's just kind of fascinating to read this. Like, like this is all stuff that we were kind of speculating about before the movie even came out. It's like many at Warner Brothers wish that uh, Rowling hadn't come out so strongly behind Johnny Depp because having made her opinion so public boxes them into a corner, another source said. Yeah, you know, when this came out, I revisited the J.K. Rowling um, blog post. Oh, that awful letter she wrote. Uh, yeah. about, about Johnny Depp and honestly forgot how bonkers it is it's truly nuts like the thing she says about how like she's seen secret evidence or whatever i'm i'm actually very surprised that that went public yeah i mean no no one can tell jk rowling no right i just don't understand why she wouldn't just say nothing yeah it's very wild uh this actually this article actually quotes that which has some choice stuff i accept that there will be those who are not satisfied with our choice of actor in the title role however conscience isn't governable by committee within the fictional (sighs) world and outside it we all have to do what we believe to be the right thing this is so this is such a a powerful statement that is so for harry potter people yeah who use Harry right? Potter as like a blueprint for their moral compass. Uh-huh. It's so incredible. She's so clearly trying to, to like, like it's just like Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm. It's, it's serious. It's just like Prisoner of Azkaban. Serious Black didn't, didn't blow up all those people. It's, a, it's all a lie. He's, he's just like serious Black. Yeah, uh, I, you know. Oh my God, there's even secret finger evidence. I. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm so. Oh no. Oh, I hadn't even considered this. uh, This is terrible. We we know that she wanted Johnny Depp to play Sirius Black originally. She he was the first choice. The pieces of this very stupid puzzle are all coming together. This sucks. Oh no. Well, that's just the actual worst. That um, is the worst. But I am, like I said, I'm I I would not say like, you know, this is this is not me giving a kudos to to WB because this is just them reacting to a market reality rather than 
any you know any moral uh compass but like i am glad that this is happening like like i'm i i want this conversation to keep happening because i i am more and more baffled by the day that like like there was so much weird stuff thrown in that movie that like indicated to me that they knew like remember how all the posters for that movie either didn't have him on or had him like with his back to the camera <laughs> yes like, like really they were clearly keenly aware of like the message they were sending yeah and they did all those like uh, like ensemble cast uh promo photos where he's like there but he's very kind of like pushed off to the side mm-hmm. and, and i mean his his name is in the i mean the character's name is in the title of the film so you would think that he would want to be kind of center stage right. a little bit but he never is and in the one that he is he is like you said he has his back to the camera you can't you don't look and like say like oh yep there's johnny depp also remember that other poster where there's like actually 50 people on the poster and it just looks like a crowd uh-huh like oh my god they tried so hard to hide him which is a, a, a real genius move i think for when you're promoting a a, a blockbuster movie he's grindelwald the movie is, is called the... crimes of grindelwald <laughs> you can't get away from it you can't hide him it would have been so funny like remember when all like all these other stuff happening last year with um oh god why am i blanking on the name kevin spacey right? like all mm-hmm. the kevin spacey shit was happening and there was that movie uh that was coming out where he had a pretty big role in it and they like just got christopher Plummer to reshoot everything instead and edit yeah. him in yeah like, like the thing is is that these companies have like basically infinite resources right like they could do this and they could have done this with uh crimes of grindelwald if they really like needed to but because jk was in his corner it just seems like like you know like like the the unnamed source says like they're they're probably just kind of boxed in there like they can't they can't go against the the golden goose's wishes at this point right yeah i mean johnny depp is in crimes of grindelwald but we have another movie coming out yeah what i've come out strongly uh saying that i don't think it's too late for him to morph back into colin farrell agree do you have any like alternate ways that they could get someone else to be grindelwald like how how are they gonna hand wave that away there's obviously like they could just cast someone else and just not address it right like that's a possibility but can you think of anything else that they could do he does kind of fix this he does that like body swap at the beginning of crimes like doesn't yeah i mean or maybe he's a maybe maybe he could be like tonks maybe we just like add a thing like like he's he's a metamorph magus as well as a as well as a big powerful wizard i like the body Um, swap idea though like if that's one of his that's his signature spell like that's pretty scary and he like can jump into other people's bodies and like kill off his old one that's pretty cool yeah because like because well, that was the other thing too is the the first movie never uh tells us what happened to the real graves right like like colin farrell the character graves we never see the real one we don't know mm-hmm. where he is or or anything so like maybe he could get that body back even like in a like if we have to do this in like a canon way i think honestly what they should just do is just just cast someone different and just don't it doesn't need to be addressed people can get over that stuff you know the the characters have swapped actors multiple times they should probably do it this time because like i 
I would rather have to like deal with like the slight mental like hurdle of like getting used to a new actor than I would them casting him in three more movies, right? Yeah, I mean that's like Silence of the Lambs, right? They just yeah. cast a different lady to be Clarice and Hannibal. Yeah. Yeah, they can there's there's a lot of options. I I also just like you know, like like you said, like Colin Farrell was really actually pretty okay in that first movie. Like like I would say maybe a highlight of that movie. Just get him back. He was good. People like Colin Farrell. He's yeah. a fun actor. He's sure. got a good haircut. There's Why a horrible not? CGI model of him in in the new Wizards Unite game. Yeah. He looks like he looks like he's got a mushroom on his damn head. Just don't hire Johnny Depp. That's my take. Uh moving on, we have one more little piece of news here. Uh and I guess it's more of a, a, a editorial than news, but Business Insider has written uh, an article and posted a video about JK Rowling. This went up like literally before we started recording. So I have not had a chance to watch the video. I'll do that after the show. And if there's anything good in here, we can can come back to it in another episode. But there is a great little tidbit at the end of the little article that goes with the video. Um, You know, most of it, it's just talking about like how she made her money. But uh, uh, just at the end here, there's a little tidbit. It's worth asking, how does the author treat herself? What does JK spend her money on for fun? And uh <laughs> what you know, well let's 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 spitball a bit. We know we know she likes shoes. Yep, we and, went to and, the designer shoe store with her that one time. Uh pink pink jewelry. But there's something there's something else that we know that she likes. Do we? Yeah. Shall I shall I just go ahead and read what they've written here? I I was <sighs> fucking losing it. Please, I, I, please let me know. Please tell me. She owns homes in Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh, Perthshire, and Kensington. Rowling sold her 19th century Victorian mansion in 2012 for over 3.6 million. She and her husband, Neil Murray, have two interlinked Hogwarts-like tree houses for no! their children built in the yard of the Edinburgh home for about $330,000. The couple had to apply for planning permission in order to knock down a $1.3 million house next door to make room for the treehouse. Holy shit. I forgot about those details. Right? Like, I knew I knew she had, like, a fancy treehouse, but my, my brain tries to protect me from what I know. And so, like, all of those numbers got shrunk in my head. So I was like, she yeah, just... probably, like, a $30,000 treehouse. No, I just knocked. I just knocked off 30. some zeros to try to bring it to the like the real world. That's not a treehouse. That's just a house in a tree. Like for three hundred thirty thousand dollars. Also, you had to knock down a you had to knock down another mansion to make a treehouse. Is I, I, I there are that's some, some things... that's some powerful evil energy. It's pretty dark. I feel like there, you know, there are so few experiences in life that have only been had by one person, you know. Uh, but I feel like knocking down a mansion to build a treehouse might only have happened once in history, probably, and it happened in J.K. Rowling's backyard. That I, I'm a little bit stunned. It's it's so weird because I already knew that, right? Yeah, we, we but talked it about is, it a long time But it is truly ago. stunning. The, the details really are something else. Uh, $330,000 treehouse, knocked down a mansion. 
I also just love the um this whole article is about how like oh you know she she runs a charity uh and so she's not a billionaire anymore uh and then the first thing it says after how does she treat herself is she owns homes in a bunch of expensive places she has a 19th century victorian mansion like cool that's what i like to do for fun i like to buy victorian mansions Sometimes I feel a little twinge of guilt and I worry that I'm being too hard on JK Rowling just because that's the <laughs> kind of person I am. I like worry about that stuff. Uh huh. I am, I'm cleansed now. Thank you. <laughs> you, you, you can, you can, you, no more punch pulling. You can just, you can no, just go all no, out. no, I, I, I feel absolved of my, of any yeah. sin that I thought I did absolutely knives out for jk at this point <laughs> parody okie dokie i fuck i just said okie dokie like a fucking i'm not sure i had such a good transition there and i just lost it by yeah it was okie dokie that was the transition i was going to say speaking of things where the details really make it crazy how about our reading this week well okie dokie we're reading chapter 14 <laughs> reading chapter 14 uh it's called percy and padfoot there's a lot going on here i think my my summary is probably going to be like a little short i'm going to try to skim over a lot of the details that i'm sure that we're we're going to get into Mm -hmm. um if i am remembering correctly this entire chapter kind of takes place over the span of a weekend uh so we start out and it's saturday and harry's waking up early and he's going to write a letter to sirius about his scar hurting around umbridge um before i continue that my neighbor is bumping some bass so i'm gonna go close a door real quick and try to fix that so i'm sorry about that yeah I don't know if that helped. We have these nice long chapter summaries in here. Maybe a little bit of funky music might, you know. It is. It is a little bit of funky music. Yeah. Sometimes you want to sit in your car outside of someone's bedroom window <laughs> and just and just bump that that funky music at 152 on a Thursday afternoon. Absolutely. Probably for this chapter summary, because uh, we're going to get a little funky this chapter. Um, Hell yeah. So he uh, wrote a letter to Sirius about his scar, um, and he kind of uh, used some some veiled language to try to hide. It's a little bit in code. So he says, you know, what happened last year happened again when I was around Umbridge. Um, and while he's writing that, he also observes that uh, Hermione's hats that she left around the common room are, are not there anymore and kind of wanders after the house elves. Um, he goes to the Owlry uh, to go and send his letter and on his way, runs into Mrs. Norris, who looks at him in an accusing manner. He gets up to the Owlry, he sends sends the letter, um, and just as he does that, uh, Cho Chang arrives, um, and she uh, tells him, just kind of like says hello, and, you know, normal kind of flirty little greeting, um, and she says that uh, she thinks that he was really brave for standing up to Umbridge, uh, and also believes him that that Voldemort is back, and Harry uh, is very happy, and is probably happier than he's been uh, since term started, um, definitely having romantic feelings for Cho, um, but as he's kind of walking away, as they, or excuse me, I did skip something, he is a little worried about um, comparing himself to Cedric since Cedric was her boyfriend. Um, 
As he's leaving, Filch shows up and says that there was a tip-off that Harry was trying to order dung bombs and tries to confiscate his letter, but Harry's already sent it. And Cho Chang also kind of stands up for him and says, like, you know, he wasn't. He already sent the letter, um, and Harry is once again happy that that she kind of stood up for him. Uh, it's breakfast time. Hermione gets uh, the the Daily Prophet, and they read an article in it that says that there was a break in at the Ministry. And Harry points out the man who was arrested, um, P- Podmore. Sturgis Podmore. Yes, thank you. Sturgis Podmore was was the one who was arrested, and he was supposed to be uh, part of Harry's escort to to the train but couldn't make it uh harry brought and hermione briefly discussed whether it could have been he could have been framed for it uh, because he's a member of the order harry uh spends his saturday practicing quidditch with ron a little bit before their actual quidditch practice and ron is just fine while they're just together on their own but when it's time for actual practice uh, a bunch of slytherins show up um to sit in the stands and watch and basically heckle them the entire time. And Ron gets so nervous and so embarrassed that he like drops the ball and does a terrible job and is in a terrible mood. Uh, On Sunday, they're all kind of working on their homework together. Um, Ron gets a letter from Percy uh, and it basically says, Hey Ron, I'm so proud of you. I can't believe you became a prefect, but if you want to follow in my footsteps, you better stop uh, hanging around that Harry Potter, he's no good. Um, and also saying that Umbridge is, uh, is very cool and that Ron should, uh, make, make nice with her. Uh, Hermione does help them look over their homework, uh, but it's kind of later at night and Sirius shows up in the fire in the common room. Once everyone else has gone to bed, uh, he has shown up after receiving the letter and I guess the main things that he says are that he doesn't think that Umbridge is a Death Eater. He speculates that the reason that Harry's scar is hurting is pro- it's probably just a coincidence. It's probably going to be hurting more because Voldemort is alive and has a body and uh, uh, is probably going to be feeling feelings. Um, Sirius also mentions Hagrid because Harry's really worried about him. He says that he thinks that Hagrid was supposed to be back, but Dumbledore is not is not concerned and doesn't think that he's in danger. Sirius tries to arrange a meeting in Hogsmeade, wants to come up to the to the school in, in dog form, in dog brain, and Harry says, no, it's too dangerous. He's still worried about, about the, the Malfoy thing. Malfoy saying that he kind of hinting that he knew that Sirius was a dog and, and Lucius doing the same. Uh, and Sirius gets really grumpy and basically says to Harry that he is not like his dad because his dad would have would have wanted to break the rules or whatever. And that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Harry, Harry got fucking destroyed by Sirius in this chapter. He did. Harry's having a um, tough time. So I, I kind of really liked this chapter for the most part. Uh-huh. And I think mostly because I, I, we haven't really gotten any good, like so much has been happening in the in the previous chapters. We haven't really gotten much like processing time. And this chapter really feels like it's mostly a like aftermath chapter, if that makes sense. Like, like we're finally at Hogwarts. He's finally got some free time. And these characters are are like they get a chapter to sort of interact 
with all of the baggage that they've been like accruing over the past few chapters of Hogwarts. I, I, I thought this was a, a, a an uptick, I think, from the last couple chapters in terms of like readability and like being fun. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I do enjoy the the conceit of it just being them working on all of that stuff over the course of a weekend i think that's fun i like to see the kind of just like school life stuff um and and just like oh we have a lot of homework and all of that and and it feels like they're kind of dealing with the stuff that has been brought up so far Um, yeah and it's and i like that there is the the like awkward balance between life stuff and school stuff in this chapter that's like mm -hmm. one of my favorite that's just like one of my favorite storytelling tropes period i mean that's that's vampire diaries that's buffy that's persona that's like a whole bunch of like my favorite goofy teen drama stuff right You, you gotta split your time between the very mundane school stuff and also the crazy wizard stuff that's happening and that's always fun and it was it like this chapter like it's it's like by no means like an exciting chapter but it's just it's just a a relief to like let the characters be there's some good drama in here yeah yeah there is and like mm, we'll get to it there's like one there's a classic jk rowling cop out at the end of this chapter that does really bother me but for the most part like i enjoyed the ways these characters were like all interacting with each other um i i would like to point out something very dumb Mm -hmm. this is more a question uh but at the very beginning of this chapter uh the the, like common room detritus that he's talking about uh like oh usually like before the house elves get here there's all this crap and trash everywhere one of the things he says is old gobstones and (laughs) as far as i know gobstones is like a game like marbles i think yeah, I thought, they, to... I thought they were marbles that, like, spit acid. Yeah. Or not acid, like... but, like, stinky fluid. Am I thinking yeah, of something who's... else? No, I think that's right. I think it's just a game. I think it's just, like, a game of marbles with, like, an extra magic twist. But, like, who's just leaving their gobstones out? Those are probably expensive, I would imagine. Well, don't you worry. There is a gobstones written by J.K. Rowling uh, oh, feature on Pottermore. Yes oh this is exactly what i needed what what are jk's thoughts on on it's very short and it's just her writing gobstones is an ancient wizarding game that resembles marbles the principal difference being that every time a point is conceded the winning stone squirts a foul smelling liquid into the loser's face players start the game with 15 small round gobstones each gobstones are sold in sets of 30 and the winner must capture all of his opponent's stones Though most commonly, as the name implies, made of stone, gobstones may also be made of precious metals. So yeah, I don't know who I don't know who would leave their their precious gobstones behind. <laughs> yeah, they're sold, especially if you're sold thirty at a time. That's very specific. You can't, you, you know, you, you wouldn't want to show up to a game short a few gobstones bad news professional gobstone players compete in national leagues and international tournaments but it remains a minority sport within the wizarding world and does not enjoy a very cool reputation (laughs) so so maybe that's what happened it's like it's really uncool they got made of fun of for their gobstones we're like fuck this i'm sick of like discarding (laughs) all my gobstones gobstones. it's not cool so our gobstones gobstones sounds like it might occupy the same like 
social strata as like pro poker players. This is this is I Gobstones is most popular among very young wizards and witches, but they generally grow out of the game, becoming more interested in Quidditch as they get older. That much more mature game. Kids don't grow out of marbles to then play football. (laughs) That is such a bizarre, like... (laughs) The direct path. Oh, your kid's kid's a a, a marbles champion. They'll be a great linebacker one day. That's very funny. Thank you, JK. I'm, I'm so glad that JK has written about gobstones. I... I find the detail about them squirting to be really funny because I would think that with the name like Gobstones, I thought like like the magic twist would be like they have a mouth and they like say rude things to you or something. Or like maybe they go (laughs) and like blow a raspberry at you. Snape's mom was president of the Hogwarts Gobstone Club. Fuck yes. Hell yes. That's the kind of lore I crave. Shout outs to Snape's mom. Yeah, Eileen. The gobstone oh, champion. We have a name too? Wow, we're gonna Okay, we're 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 getting we're getting off topic here, but I'm gonna think I'm gonna remember that. We have to look up Eileen Snape. It's Eileen Prince. You you oh, are Eileen. not remembering the Half Blood Prince very I'm well. I'm not remembering book six at all. No, not at all. Um I try not to generally. <laughs> Fair enough. Me neither. Um, I also have got to say, uh, uh, Harry's uh, letter. He's smart. I like. I like his fake letter, uh, or not fake, but like his 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 secret letter to to Sirius. I was like, that's that's Harry using his damn brain a little bit. He did a little bit. Not not entirely. He did name Umbridge in it, which seems like a you know maybe a giveaway but the rest of it is great yeah uh described hagrid as their biggest friend biggest friend i like that um and i you know the line uh, nearly as nice as your mom is good um i guess i guess addressing it to snuffles isn't the best way to go because we as we know malfoy knows about the dog thing so that's kind of a dog name, I feel. Also a little suspicious to be writing to a dog. Like, it feels like a, a regular human name might just be more, or I suppose less suspicious. If Imagine you were like a Death Eater who like intercepted this letter <laughs> and you had to like try and figure out, okay, is there a person named Snuffles somewhere that we are unaware of? I really liked one- the detail of Harry saying to Hedwig, I know this says Snuffles, but you bring it to Sirius. Does that imply that the owls read read the letter? The, the, the address? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we they're very advanced, these these mail delivering owls. They they can read, um, they can they they can process the concept of an alias. Uh it's all really good stuff. It's magic. It's magic. It's magic. Chokes. Cho Chang, yeah. Should we talk about the Cho Chang stuff? I actually thought this scene was kind of cute. Um, it's I I like the 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 part where he's like, "Oh, my friend Ron's the new keeper. Do you know him?" And I'm like, "She's like, <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. There are like 30 yeah. people at the school. <laughs> yeah, that, there's that too. But also, I just like that Harry's already forgotten about the uh, Ron just going completely insane on her two chapters ago. Yeah. Like, yep. I don't I don't mind the scene. I I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about all this Cho Chang stuff, but so far yes. it's fine. This this part, I mean, like like it's I enjoyed it in the sense like as best I can with all the the like the caveats of like Cho Chang is just like a a, a problem character, right? Like like mm-hmm. they've still not fixed the fact that she has uh two last names, you know, the there's a lot going on with Cho. I I just there's there's bits I like here, like I guess I guess what I like is what it brings out of Harry, you know, like like we get some good moments in here that remind me of some of my favorite jokes from Goblet, um, uh, where he says, like, who uh, who cares about a super flying horse? Cho thought he had been really brave for a moment. He considered accidentally on purpose showing her his cut hand as she helped uh, as he helped her tie her parcel onto the owl. Like just some really like goofy uh, like some very teen stuff going on here teen, some teen some good Just teen some very very teen strong teen energy and i feel like that's why I, like the drama of harry having a crush on cho and cho i guess being interested in him but also having this ulterior motive of him having been with her murdered murdered boyfriend like it seems so crazy but then it's like yeah it's like from like as far as seeing that from harry's perspective like that's just some that's just some good teen drama there yeah i I, and and also like i just i I know where this goes yeah uh and and it's this does not end in a good place um you know from a storytelling perspective it's it gets pretty gross but like this scene i thought was cute also i'm Am I misremembering? Um, did Goblet of Fire, the movie, just like transpose this scene into the fourth movie, or did they meet in the Owlery in that book as well? Because that I, is I a rem- good question. Yes, they did meet in the Owlery in the fourth movie, but I don't know. I can't even remember what they were talking about. Y- yeah, I because they like they have that awkward meeting in the in, in the movie and it's very you know, like that's a good scene in the movie but like i'm just oh, realizing um, that they, that might have been that's the scene because harry asks her to go to the ball in that scene right in the movie yeah yeah i mean i but i think that they've trans they'd like transpose them meeting in the owlery yes i think that's i think that's the, true the, that prior movie i i'm 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 curious i i'm i don't know i don't know if that's just coincidence because let's see 2003 it like this book would have like just come out while they were filming that movie i think 2003 because it came out in 2004 mm-hmm. 2005 oh no 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 it would be 2005 i think uh so maybe i'm i don't know i'm i'm it's just like like completely random detail but i was just like like wait a minute i we've seen cho in the owlery before and then i remembered it was the movie not the book uh, that that had happened in so that's kind of an interesting way to shuffle things around i guess yeah i i liked that scene in the movie too it was cute in the movie i i like that one a lot yeah 
Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I like this scene. I like that she sticks up for him without actually knowing the truth. Like, I thought that was pretty funny when she's just like, you weren't ordering dung bombs, were you? Um, <laughs> like, like, that's funny. I, uh, uh, it's weird seeing Filch used this way. Is is does this pay off in any way? Is Filch being that's like, what I can't figure out because I don't remember this book having a plot, so it feels <laughs> it feels like a piece of a mystery that doesn't exist. Yeah. Like I'm assuming it would be like Umbridge, maybe, or Malfoy. I know that Filch like teams up with Umbridge at some point, yeah. but I don't know what the motive is here, and I don't know if it has a payoff because I don't I don't feel like there's really a mystery happening. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, before we move on, there's one there's one little thing before this that I wanted to mention that I thought was cute. Remember how last week we were talking about how like, hey, remember when Nearly Headless Nick was a character? Yeah, and he got a little he got a little scene this chapter and I thought it was really good. I, I still think it's funny that like every now and then we'll get a scene with Nearly Headless Nick where him and Harry just behave like they're old friends. Um uh but i like I, all that I, stuff a lot it's cute and i and i liked the the goofy joke about um uh uh, uh or okay I, I might be getting this wrong but is 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 this a sort of damocles joke that they're making because it's it's a uh they're, they're talking about how like oh don't go that way because peeves is gonna drop the bust of dama someone <laughs> uh on on uh on their head and he and harry goes or oh he's, he's gonna do this thing with the bust uh sorry i'm let's find the actual what is the actual line here uh okay para paracel i'm gonna look okay paracel sis I'm, I'm sorry i'm gonna do some live some live research here because i i just realized that that's not the word i thought it was paracelsus paracelsus uh paracelsus uh oh okay never mind okay no no i'm, I'm dumb it's not a sort of damocles joke uh uh it's a different guy the father of toxicology okay ignore me um but i do think that, that was a really cute scene uh just like having nearly headless nick back again i i don't know why it's there but i like him it's it's cute to see him come yeah back. i i don't think that there's ever a payoff for it i it would be very happy to be wrong and it does whenever this sort of thing happens like the the nearly headless nick scene the little like nod to peeves i do wonder where that's been like what yeah. happened with goblet of fire and i'm just like looking back and and just wondering kind of why that stuff popping up again in book five yeah we kind of miss we got like one or two chapters around the yule ball where like the goblet of fire remembered that it was a school story you know mm -hmm. um maybe that's why i'm enjoying this chapter so much i hope this isn't the only one we get in this book uh let's uh let's move on to this whole sturgis podmore thing <sighs> i um, do not enjoy the intrigue no i'm you mean you mean you're you're not as fully invested in what character who has never shown up in this book before Sturgis Podmore? We, we is only up to? know we only know him from not being able to meet him. Yeah, yeah, really cool scene. Uh, I, at least, at least it's like something, I guess, because like that was sort of a big deal when Harry was supposed to go to the train station. But like, 
this as far as i know is just a breadcrumb that pops out every now and then that leads us to the department of mysteries right like that's it's very tenuous uh i i don't think sturgis Popmore matters or like shows up ever right um it, which it is really hard for me to feel very invested in a like politics intrigue drama story that is happening elsewhere told through the eyes of a 15 year old <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like i i like ron's immediate assumption that it's a conspiracy and like yeah. he's probably right too. yeah like that, that like that part's funny um the the part where they're they're seriously trying to come up with like a like an answer to like this political intrigue thing is very funny uh i would like to to comment on this little detail here don't be silly it wasn't just for trying to get through a door what on earth was he doing at the ministry of magic at one o'clock in the morning i love this implication that like in everyone in the government just goes to sleep uh like there's no there's no night shift in government like like ah the minister of magic's in bed so i guess politics can't happen until tomorrow like what the fuck um i think i i feel like this is just forming a new accidental um theory of the wizarding world where everyone like has a very strict bedtime um mostly formed by an imagine we read about severus snape uh recently <laughs> uh <laughs> And the entire premise is that uh, Snape is our boyfriend and he's trying to get us to go to bed and not stay up late, but late to the story was 1 a.m. and Snape was in bed at 5 p.m. 5 p.m. So that might he's be what's going on here. boy. Oh my God. I mean, like this, that even comes up in this, in, in, in this, I was, I was kind of laughing uh, when they're doing their homework and they're talking about how the common room was empty by midnight. And I was like, they're Aren't there like no... 17 year olds living here? Yeah, yeah. On like no fucking planet are a bunch of like teenagers at a, at a boarding school going to bed on time. Like, like they have a common room that has like a fireplace and like cool comfy seats. And they're playing they're gobstones, gobstones late, yes, late into the yes. night. You nope, got, it's midnight, gobstones... gotta go to bed. Ah, gotta go to gotta go to sleep can't do homework at midnight i I, th I thought that was that was very funny so so maybe jk rowling just has like an early bedtime that's kind of like warped her whole perspective on like how the world works i just love the idea of like there's no night shift at the ministry of magic like like what if what if like an american diplomat wants to call like just, just not just maybe not he was just working late yeah maybe he had a had a report due the next day yeah. it's not good but it happens yeah, but it's yeah definitely happens you could definitely stay at the office till 1 a.m working at the fucking government um <laughs> but you know whatever i'm just nitpicking but i just thought that was kind of funny that's that, that's like that's up there with mcgonagall saying four students out of bed in one night i've never seen anything I've like never, this, this in is my the life. most heinous crime i've ever seen at hogwarts oh my god a guy is in the ministry at 1 a.m doesn't he know that the trains stop at two <laughs> <sighs> but yeah the uh the intrigue stuff i just don't give a shit about but i do really like uh the quidditch practice stuff 
Yeah. Yeah. It was cute. Yeah. I like to be clear, I hate Quidditch um and think it's boring whenever it comes up, but this is so much more invested in like the characters and their feelings about Quidditch that it it worked for me, especially like the stuff with Ron. Like like for, against all odds, this chapter kind of made me sympathize with Ron uh considering how shitty he's been in this book so far but like his his like nervousness and like performance anxiety at this at this uh practice thing is is really sweet i think like i i i get this scene you know yeah it is sweet this is this is a return to the ron that i do like i i like he's fine when he's not being um pro-slavery and a huge cop um (laughs) yeah so so yeah, I like this stuff. Um I did laugh um when Harry was thinking to himself about being a seeker that we did we didn't get all the rules of Quidditch. We did get what the seeker does and how they have to be the coolest and fastest person on the uh-huh. team. Uh-huh. Um there's also another thing I didn't really appreciate about this like subplot, uh, which is that like I this thing with Hermione just being a weird shrill about Quidditch practice just feels really unnecessary. Like, I'm confused at how they could have all been friends this long with, like, none of them telling her, A, uh, like, how important Quidditch is to them, or B, her, like, outlining explicitly, like, you know, you should really do this specific homework thing before this time like like you know like especially because hermione likes quidditch as far as we know like she cares about it she she watches it she uh she supports harry um so much that she like set another teacher on fire when she thought it was in danger in the first book like Mm -hmm. like she's not anti-quidditch it's a very strange thing to me i don't know why she cares about whether they do their homework or not yeah this is all new for this book like she's made comments about it previously but she like i guess she's just like takes the owls thing very seriously um i'm kind of surprised there's no like quidditch owl exemption or like a like a an owl equivalency thing for quidditch players you'd think that if they had to practice so much they could like i don't know get some credit for it like what do they do like are they not getting school credit playing on the team? Like, like, is it just entirely superfluous? I have no idea. They get, they get house points, but that's not, that's not course credit. <laughs> house points. Yeah. What does the house cup, what does the house cup mean? What does he, what does that do? What do you, um, what do you get well, when you win the house Well, Dumbledore cup? says, congratulations. Uh, and they decorate the room in your favorite colors (laughs) (laughs) wow i've really got to get on my house pride then that sounds fantastic it's and i guess like it ties into sports in the same way like school spirit does right like you win the quidditch cup and you get a bunch of house points yeah i don't know they don't they don't you don't get like other schools you don't like get individual awards either it's it's not like you know an individual got like got the most house points for their house yeah 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused at like how Quidditch integrates into the school now because it really feels like like this is just here to create friction between these characters where there's never really been much before. I just like like Hermione. It's constantly saying it, it, even like when she's not around like there's a line here that says during which hermione made it quite clear that she thought they were irresponsible like it's just like taking random swipes at her for for commenting on quidditch it's very odd to me yeah i don't really I, it sure feels like this book can never like harry is going to be friends with either ron or hermione and so he's either going to do the like bro jock sports thing with ron and hermione is like the shrill or ron is is fighting with harry for whatever random reason (laughs) right they can't just all be friends at any given time it's very irritating um but like i like like i said the quidditch scene i think is very cute i like i like ron's uh you know unfortunate performance thing here i like that harry sticks up for him um i like that angelina gets to be more of a character here too like like she's directing the team and stuff she's kind of taking oliver wood's place mm-hmm. um you know who's a minor character but like like you know I, I like oliver wood and i like seeing angelina I, and i like that she's a very uh um like she's a very posy uh coach which is kind of fun to to read like she's like oh that's the attitude i want like (laughs) she's very she's very excited uh to be to be coaching there is one thing we got to talk about here i think yeah yeah uh is the is that uh actual real life racism happens in this chapter and i kind of have some conflicting feelings about this i think that my only positive feelings about it are that I feel like when people talk about, uh, I guess, portal stories like this, Harry Potter Mm -hmm. is one. And it's like, well, no, wizards wouldn't be real life racist because they have their own prejudices, right? Like wizards, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like that idea comes up a lot. It's always like, oh, no, wizards wouldn't be, wouldn't be racist because they are prejudiced against muggles instead or like they wouldn't be homophobic they don't like like i don't know why that always comes up it's like no this isn't political because it puts its own fantasy politics in it but there is some very clear just racism in this chapter like the like racist bullying that happens in this chapter yeah well the thing that i always dislike about that um that, you know when, when people say like oh you know you know you know wizards or whatever what you know whatever story like jedi wouldn't be racist uh because you know th- they're more focused on the on the pure blood stuff and like i i hate this because this is uh, sometimes intentionally and sometimes just kind of accidentally framed in a way where it just sounds like people are saying like like oh uh like like don't worry the the villains in this world are above silly things like real racism except that these things are always metaphors for real racism and stuff in the first place so you're like kind of shooting your own metaphor in the foot and also it kind of uncomfortably like then sets up the the prejudice that they are holding in the story is somehow more reasonable than any real prejudices which like 
is a problem when the story is supposed to be a meta like a metaphor for real prejudice right like it's sort of this weird ouroboros of like like you can't you can't say that it's not real politics if this is a metaphor for politics because then you're just giving more rope to the the you know the the prejudice argument than you would otherwise i i hate that yeah um and so in that way I, I guess I, we should say what it is, right? Like, yeah, let's, like, let's say uh, yeah. what let's say what it actually is, right? Yes. Uh, let me. Angelina is described as her hair being in braids, and Pansy Parkinson yells from the stands as they're jeering and bullying the Gryffindors that her hair looks like she has like worms growing out of her head, and why would right. anyone want that? Um, yeah. I think it's I, a bummer that Angelina is in this book to be racist bullied and then we just don't yeah. I, she's not a character, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. She shows up for this scene, maybe a couple more scenes, but I don't I don't know if she gets to like be a person broadly in this book. Um I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I I I'm I think this is bad. I'm not against real world politics i'm certainly not against real world politics affecting fantasy stories um it's just that this this feels so tossed off and like 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 a one-off and it's like never addressed like like no one no one on the field says hey pansy that was kind of fucking racist or anything like that right like it just happens and it's just there it just kind of sticks out as like here's a weird here's a weird moment and it's kind of uncomfortable i i'm i assume it's there to demonstrate the gravity of how shitty these characters are yeah but i don't know if we really need that for slytherin at this point considering that they're like responsible for all of the fantasy racism already like we can we can probably just assume um but also the other thing here's here's the dark thought i had about this while i was like mulling this over Mm -hmm. do you think jk rowling maybe didn't know how racist a comment that was possibly like like oh i've you know i've just described this character as having braids and braids can look kind of funny i guess if you look at it from a mean person's perspective like like i'm just i'm just like imagining this from a like a from a uh, like a dark uh, in like a in like a vacuum where like like jk is just like oh what a what an odd looking hairstyle i'm not like thinking about it at all and just like kind of like being dumb herself and going like oh the mean girl will make fun of the other girl's hairstyle right like i'm i'm a yes i don't know i think that i yes i think that is a probably very distinct possibility yes (laughs) yeah because no one says anything like no one harry doesn't think like that's a little fucked up right like i i don't know you have like instances of every time a character says mudblood for instance which is seen by the story as a slur and there is an extreme reaction i mean we've had a scene where Hermione got called a mudblood and Fred and George go to physically fight that person. Right. Yeah. Fred and George are not going to physically fight Pansy Parkinson. Right. Nobody is like, Hey, what the fuck? 
Isn't Fred dating Angelina? I just realized this. I didn't even... One of them is, yeah. I didn't yeah. even put that together. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it's probably an accident. It's pro- I mean, okay. I, I think that it's likely mean characters pointing out in mean ways people's, you know, like what they look like. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm having I'm having a real we're I, having a real time I, epiphany. I, here I've, like I've been like I've really been mulling over this part in my head and being yeah. like, what was intended here? Like what what are like the ramifications of this? Like it's kind of a bummer that it's in there. I, I did not even consider that it could just be completely <laughs> oh, just like JK, the author herself just kind of not thinking or not you know, not you know, not having this this knowledge herself. Like this awareness that's gotta be it right because it comes out of nowhere no one reacts angelina doesn't even seem all that bothered and and like no one like there's not like you know when they're all done flying and like ignoring it and and they're just like man those slytherin guys can be kind of racist huh like there's not even like any any sort of right like, i, I mean you're, you're totally right because we know how characters react to the fictional racism in this story yeah. and nobody reacts that way to the real world racism. No one yeah. is saying, Angelina, you okay? Pansy, fuck you. Like all of those things, like we know the Harry Potter script for prejudice <laughs> and that stuff doesn't happen. Never. Yep. You're right. Fuck yeah. this. I, <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, I was like, so, you know, going into this, I was like, you know, kind of giving it the benefit of the doubt, because I was like, well, I don't like it, but I also do support including real world politics in fantasy stories. So maybe this is just an unfortunate, you know, half-assed gesture towards that. And that, no, actually, I think she might just not know. Well, case closed on that. Um... Case closed. We did it here live on the Shrieking Shack. The book is a little racist. I, I can't believe how much I thought about that part and did not. I didn't even consider that as a possibility. Yeah, I, I, I only considered it rereading it last night. I was like, was this really meant to be here? <laughs> Fuck. <sighs> let's move on. Let's Let's move on to the scene after this, which is them being bitchy at hermione for no real reason about that, homework yeah because they won't she won't let them copy her homework yeah oh actually no sorry there's one more thing about the quidditch practice that i would like to talk about that isn't very cute and that's uh fred and george nearly killing alicia alicia spinnett or whatever her name is right yeah <laughs> they, oops oh my god they, i can't believe i just like <laughs> they, they I, feed her the wrong <laughs> they, they feed her the wrong candy they feed her the half that's the blood causing half and not the the like nosebleed stopping half and she nearly dies it is so weird to me that i i know that the wizard the the weasley's wizard wheezes are later just framed as like wow they're very good entrepreneurs because this entire book has been setting them up as like villains that are going to have their downfall because of hubris right right like they're gonna they're gonna kill someone with their fucking candy or something go to go to jail that have to, has to have been planned right that was what was going That's... to happen so far they've roofied first years and almost killed someone <laughs> yeah yeah like like i like i thought it was so i thought that the end of book four thing where harry gives them the money was such a good 
payoff. I mm-hmm. thought that was really sweet because I, you know, at that point, I really liked Fred and George, and I like the joke shop idea, and I like Harry's humility and kindness, and like I thought that was just a really sweet way to end that. Now I'm surprised that this isn't like a weird thriller about Harry, like realizing that he has given two monsters uh, endless <laughs> funding for their weird experiments this really is setting it up like they, they they are not guided by anything other than their their prank vlog and are going to accidentally kill someone harry is complicit harry gave them the damn money he funded this i mean he's even having like moments of guilt about it he, he's the angel investor that has has made the self-driving car that has killed their Quidditch player. Like, he he fucked this up. Harry, you gotta right. get that money back. And everyone is asking, like, where did they get the money to do all this stuff? This is, yeah. it's so weird. I, I completely skimmed over that as extraneous information while I was doing my, my summary here. <laughs> no, it, like, I mean, I don't blame you. There's a lot of random details in here, but like, like, oh my God, they gave her they gave her the bleeding candy she nearly died they nearly they nearly made her die by losing all of her blood it's so gruesome it is very gruesome they're out of control um but i this the scene post practice i like i i at least i almost feel like if all of ron's shitty behavior had been contained to this like practice aftermath thing i would have almost sympathized with him right because mm-hmm. he's like he's clearly frazzled and he's he's just sort of like lashing out at everyone and like i i could understand that like like he just needs a nap and then he'll stop supporting slavery when he realizes how stupid that is sure i i do like this dynamic between harry and Hermione. again i keep on picking up on these harry and hermione scenes in this book that speaking of things that feel planned I, the more and more i read this the more and more i think hermione and harry was the original plan mm-hmm. um this this scene where they kind of have like a the conversation aside from ron where after ron blows up at at uh hermione hermione's just kind of like goes over to harry and is like okay but he was pretty lousy right like like just yeah just very very kind of funny uh like more more intimate connection between harry and hermione there that that felt I, I I liked that scene a lot. Yeah, it feels like a bummer that Ron and Hermione ended up together. Yeah, he's Harden. He is Harden. Harden Scott, Harden also from... known as Harry Styles from One Direction. Uh, subscribe to the bonus show, folks. It's really good. Um, this scene where they're all like doing their homework, and Ron gets this letter from Percy, and it's just sort of like the final straw. I really like this. I like. I like this verbalization from Percy of the conflict that Ron has been suffering through this entire book, which is this like, am I going to be the Fred and George or am mm-hmm. I going to be the Percy thing? Because per- one, this letter is a little long. JK loves writing insanely long letters and news articles in these books. Um, but it sort of fits here just because Percy seems like this that one kind really of works for me. I think that Percy's voice is very strong here. Like, I feel like I knew I know yes. Percy now more than I ever have because because the voice of the letter was so strong. It's so long-winded and pompous and stupid, and it it makes you mad. Uh, it's it, Yeah, it's, it's infuriating, <laughs> especially because you, when you think about it, like, like, Percy would be 19 writing this, I think. Yeah. Like, he's just, he's, 
he is so many people I know or not know so many people I knew like in like high school and college right like like this there's someone everyone knows someone who is just this like weird elevated fancy man and it's it's very funny reading this letter and just going like this is just some punk fascist kid right like he this guy sucks and uh, it's it's very charming yeah and i think that harry's reaction to it also was very good for harry's characterization in that he he's thinking back and being like oh this is the kid that like i I stayed at his house like what the fuck i really like that a lot yeah um and 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 also while being like outwardly like oh i don't care like that's that what a dumb letter but it's like kind of really getting to him yeah not mad though (laughs) not mad harry's not mad though the one thing I really dislike mm. about this letter is that, and it's it's nothing to do with the letter itself, um, but it's that this this chapter devolves. Well, not really devolves. That's that's too mean. It it um it does the same thing that the chapter in Azkaban where Harry or Hermione and Ron make up, uh, like for no real reason. And, like, here there's sort of a reason, but, like, Ron is being, like, just abjectly shitty to Hermione. And before she can, like, retaliate, she points out that the owl's at the window. It's always something external, um, right? Like, they, they never come to any kind of character yeah. resolution with each other. It is that something external happens, and they are reacting to it by dr- basically just dropping whatever else was going on. <laughs> right um and 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 like i feel like this manifests doubly here because not only does the does the letter kind of interrupt this like really like bitter argument that they're having um but also afterwards she's so moved by their reaction to the letter that she offers to just it's so fucking weird because like you know as a device like having something external happen can tell you something about the characters right you have you have two characters and they're having a fight and then and then the phone call happens and it's like oh my mom is in the hospital and in that moment that is that is a case where like i mean it's it's corny it's cliched it's happened one million times right but that is a a place where what it is trying to tell you is like okay these characters have a relationship that that matters more than whatever argument they're having that tells you something totally a a letter at the window doesn't like like who gives a shit they're like having this very very bitter argument um they're disagreeing about some fundamental values in their lives yeah and are distracted by a letter that has no there's no like tragedy there's there's like nothing is nothing has happened there's no like new information here i don't know why hermione would be moved by this i feel like if anything ron would just be more mad about the letter and hermione would (laughs) not care because it's not it's nothing yeah i mean like it, it is like there's there's um there is a small part of me that like does feel that like hermione's being a little too taking homework like a little too seriously you know like but like the characters never say that right like there's no at no point is there like a a values discussion between them about like what all the various activities at the school mean to them right like i feel like harry could fairly easily explain to hermione that like hey uh like quidditch to me is like history of magic is to you or whatever and like they could probably hash it out 
um at least at least see eye to eye uh here though i really feel for her because like she's just doing their work for them so they can have feelings Mm -hmm. like 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 that's just i like this this term gets like tossed around for so many different things but i feel like this is like one of the most material things in the story i can think of like she's literally just like doing emotional labor for them like like here i'll do your homework so you can brood like thanks it feels like such a it frames harry and ron really poorly and and i guess like i'm supposed to be like oh well they're having feelings so it's okay but there's that that part that I actually really liked where they're working on their homework. They're having a miserable time because they didn't prioritize or like do their time management, whatever. And Hermione, and it's like cast in contrast to Hermione, who I think is sitting and talking with Ginny and knitting because she's done with all her work. Yeah. So she's having her recreation time while they're working on yeah, homework. Yeah. And I just end up mad at them that she then has to just do their work instead of doing what is important to her. Yeah. It's just her character is such a bummer sometimes. <laughs> um, there, she does get one good jab in at least that I thought was very funny, which is when Ron says, "If I'm ever, if I'm ever horribly rude to you again," and then she cuts him off and says, "I'll know you're back to normal." Uh, yeah, I thought that was good, but also she's doing the work for them anyway. Hermione, just just hang out with Ginny. Go. It's. I mean, I guess it's nearly midnight, so you got to go to. You, you know, everyone has to go to sleep. But like, I don't know. Maybe you go. You and Ginny can go hang out or something. Just, just don't. Why do is Harry so stupid? For them. Not trying to be rude. Not trying to be He's rude. Very... But this, I, I, this, the joke about him thinking there are mice on a moon, uh, did not go over very well for me no that one that yeah that that felt like a real that's too cute that's a little stupid for harry uh especially because harry just like seems so unmoved by magic at all uh you'd think that he would come up with like less imaginative ways to be wrong in magic homework yeah (sighs) yeah uh how about Sirius? um Sirius is still my favorite part of this book in that he's so shitty um he is a bad guy yeah he is irresponsible in in a good way doesn't care about the people around him uh he is obsessed with taking back the life that he lost and trying to recreate it with the people he cares about i think it's excellent it is so (laughs) It's very funny to me that he's such a fan favorite. I don't know if people have read these books again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was surprised by like, we, you know, we commented on how kind of like, you know, sad and stuff he was in like the, the Grimald place chapters. And like, you know, it was very good there. It really came through, but this is so explicit. Like his, his like babyish demand that everyone put their put their safety and his safety on the line so they can hang out in Hogsmeade or whatever while he's like the most wanted man in the world is really good. Like he's just such a bitter child about this. Yeah, I love it. I I I, I it's think great. that um it's a, a very good part of this book. I wish it wasn't the only part of the plot. 
but I do enjoy, I do enjoy <laughs> him whenever he pops up. Um, my, I, I think of any character in these books that my view has changed on them. Now rereading this, he is the most transformed to me. Yeah. I also like how much of a parallel he is to Harry uh, in that, like, the like you know we've commented before on how like you know snape is a drama queen but like he's not really wrong about harry like harry is someone who like thinks the rules don't apply to him um puts everyone who's you know like trying to keep him safe at risk by because because things he wants to do um and like this is very like prisoner of azkaban era harry being reflected in Sirius. um just like you know someone who who you know everyone around him is is trying to keep him safe and and you know like giving up time and resources and stuff to do so and he just wants to like blow past them so he can hang out with his godson like it's it's i really like that stuff yeah i i really like what it does for harry's character where he is wanting i mean he's like desperate for the approval of sirius but also like knows better yes yeah the fact that harry joins in with ron and hermione just immediately saying no to this plan is growth for harry Mm -hmm. for sure because there's a point where harry would have absolutely risked it all just to see sirius again and like like i said like you know i I, i'm i'm not like unsympathetic to sirius either no he's he's in a a really shitty situation character yeah but but he is he is so mean here this like this weird jab about harry's dad and like how you know oh you're not you're not as cool as your dad thing it's just, what a horrible thing to tell a teenager like about their dead parent um but yeah i i really liked this scene i thought this was a really nice end cap to this chapter i thought that all the harry serious stuff was really good i am go i would like to draw some attention to the plot of the book um once y- again yes. the political intrigue which appears mm. to be that the minister of magic is so scared that Dumbledore wants to take his job that he's worried that Dumbledore is creating a child army at Hogwarts. So he installed Umbridge as the defense against the dark arts teacher. What is going on here? Can you explain? Can you explain the intrigue here? Fucking galaxy brain plan. Here's my main take with this is that uh, a chapter ago, harry and hermione and all the other kids were pissed off that they weren't getting combat training and now harry and now sirius tells him like oh uh uh umbridge is there to to watch you and and make sure that you're not getting combat training and harry's like that's stupid but like they were all complaining about that they were like oh this isn't real this isn't real this isn't hardcore They're going to start their hardcore club soon. They are going to start their hard. But like, that was the whole thing is that they wanted to, they wanted to do some real magic in case someone attacks them. Right. Uh, and, and so this weird reaction Harry has where he's like, that's fucking stupid. I'm like, you were, you were literally voicing this exact complaint. Uh, and, and I, it, what's double weird about that is it feels like they could have even worked that into the plot, like a serious popping up and going like, Hey, uh, you, you being so weird about not, learning any practical magic really freaked fudge out or something right like yeah that would be a way to address it directly like like you got to be careful harry you can't mouth off about direct action to the to the to the teacher because she's reporting right to the minister and he's freaked out now like there's a way to make that work 
but he, it, but like harry says like train in combat repeated harry incredulously i'm like oh also i'm sorry what does he think we're doing here forming some sort of wizard army i lost my fucking mind at this because all i can think about is that line in the suicide squad trailer where will smith <laughs> is like so what are we some kind of suicide squad <laughs> i <sighs> i don't get this what no. What does Fudge think is going to happen? I don't know. I the 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 students are going to all run into the Minister of Magic at one a.m. and there's going to be no <laughs> one there. And and because because of the way Wizarding Law works, whoever is at the Ministry runs it. And so all the kids get in there at one a.m. and they get on his desk and they say, "We're the new Minister now," and there's nothing anyone can do. How many people? How many students are there at Hogwarts? I know, I know about low enrollment theory. Um, half of them are like fifteen and under. They're in, they're in I've, Scotland. Yeah. The ministry's in London. I'm just like I'm the. I really just get the feeling that J.K. Rowling was sick of writing a book about children. Uh huh. Because because this is like a a political intrigue novel sort of that's like okay we have like a paranoid ruler of wizards that is worried about this other super powerful wizard taking his his job with a with an army <laughs> of children from a school i'm just i'm just very I confused wish, i also just i i also like like i'm just imagining what what in dumbledore's past and maybe this is something that we're going to find out in the fantastic beast movies maybe this is a gap that's being filled in i feel like for everything that we know about dumbledore the idea that he is forming an army absolutely ludicrous like what in dumbledore's past would possibly hint at here's this? how he's gonna do it he's going to install nancy pelosi to teach <laughs> football <laughs> and the army the army's never gonna get off the ground like that <laughs> Oh my god, this is so... <laughs> At least could we get, like, you know, like, I'm thinking back to, like, the Chocolate Frog card or something that said, like, you know, Dumbledore's powerful wizard, and he, he hangs out with Nicholas Flamel. If it had said something like, Dumbledore was the greatest general <laughs> in the first Wizarding War, then maybe that this would make sense. He's the headmaster of a like, school, oh. and not even, like, a college <laughs> It's school children. It is 11 to 17 year olds. That's just how fucked up it is. Yeah, it would be fucked up to make a child army, I I get. Like, I I just, (laughs) I really don't get this. And the thing is, is that Fudge isn't like a, a crazy person, right? Like that's, I mean, he's paranoid, but the text doesn't mean like, he's disturbed he's he's not like howard hughes running the wizard government it's especially fucking hilarious knowing that then then harry then does that basically right like like this idea is incepted into harry's brain <laughs> by by like i'm just imagining like fudge finding out about dumbledore's army going like oh this is the, this is the one thing i didn't want to have happen god damn it oh i shouldn't have said anything yeah that'll do it 
This wouldn't have happened otherwise. No, I should never tell people what, what I'm most afraid of. Yeah, it's like you can't you can't tell you can't tell your bullies what bothers you because they're just gonna do it more. That's Harry. <laughs> you, can't, you can't tell your bullies it would really bother me if you formed an army against me because they're just gonna go <laughs> and do it. A child army. Doesn't Dumbledore's army have like ten people in it? <laughs> yeah, it's more like Dumbledore's battalion, honestly. <laughs> Dumbledore's unit. <laughs> Dumbledore's SWAT team. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, hell yeah. But they're children. What if they were just Dumbledore's angels. They're like Charlie's <laughs> angels. It is kind it is more like that than anything else. Fudge is really worried that that Dumbledore is gonna hire three hot karate girls <laughs> to kick all of his to kick all of his ministry officials out of windows. Three extremely sexy hit wizards. <laughs> Yeah, so so Cornelius Fudge really, and, and it, 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 he is he's very clearly very smart and has very grounded fears. <laughs> um, but of course, because this is Harry Potter, all of them he was right because they have to. Yeah, for he the was plot. right. Yeah, he's indeed. right because he has to be. Um, the idea that Fudge is so worried, but that also Dumbledore is running a secret. A, a secret mastermind spy network is also true yeah he's not building an army he's building a spy agency it feels like this plot was constructed a little bit backwards i'm also just like like imagine you imagine like cornelius fudge just like like day to day just like in his office or whatever and just like every time he sees a kid walk by he tenses up because he's like could Fuck. be part of could be Fuck. part of the army secret army no he's he's the he's the advance guard fuck oh the scouts are coming out <laughs> what are they gonna do like what is it shield spells is that what like is that their their big weapon too because that's what you learn in defense against the dark arts unless you're learning from oh, that's it's like what, yeah it's like yeah. shields uh patronus Expelliarmus. Dumbledore's army is going to march into the Ministry of Magic and they're going to use Expelliarmus on everyone and mildly inconvenience them into quitting. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, you keep knocking my wand out of my hand. I'm trying to do work. Fuck. Stop. I'm going to take the, the bold stance that these books should not have become a, like, government story. Absolutely not. It is, it is, it is insane on every level. Can we please imagine instead that the books stay like the stakes stayed the same like the kids could certainly mature right they're becoming teenagers but the villain is always Voldemort trying to kill Harry like that's his thing because if he kills Harry in, you know in increasingly I mean he's like a, he's like a cartoon yeah. villain he's like if I kill Harry I can then take over the world okay yeah great cool sure and that's just every single one I think you're right. I think that there's just a point where she clearly got tired of writing a fantasy novel, basically, because it it, it 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 gets so much less whimsical as it goes on. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's why I brought up Harry writing that there are mice on the moon. Yeah, because I don't really care about that. I'm not saying that it's like the worst thing I've ever read. It's so, so, so minor. Yeah. But in this just like very brooding, like dark uh like child army story mm -hmm. i'm just like harry what is wrong with you like why right th that's not that is not a joke that belongs in this book this is a joke that i like if he wrote that in chamber of secrets in his homework i probably would have been like i would be like haha that's pretty cute and whimsical that's it's it's a it's like a my little pony joke 
or like last airbender joke it's it's a kids show joke which is totally fine but we have very clearly moved like by by the will of the author so help her god she is going to make this not a children's series anymore so it's weird to see something like that pop up um it's just like super incongruous i don't know it's it's like like you say it's completely minor it's not it's not a big deal or anything it's just like it really sticks out because you're like why what is the tone of these books anymore these books are about war now about war about child soldiers it's like metal gear solid this is war 30 seconds to mars my phoenix my phoenix can carry huge loads (laughs) i did like stuff about this chapter yeah yeah i mean like overall i think i do really like this chapter like i said it's like it's kind of a exhale chapter where you just get like a lot of reactions to stuff and the characters just kind of like get to carry the the burdens they've like 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 accrued over the last last couple chapters and stuff and like i enjoy it from that perspective (laughs) but like like the plot that is being described here is absolutely bonkers yeah i mean i think it's next week that uh umbridge is going to be the high inquisitor oh god that's right next week is going to be warhammer 40k i can't wait excellent excellent with that in mind is there anything else on this chapter or shall we take a break i think that's it we we covered a lot we we discovered a a child army plot and we realized that jk (laughs) rowling probably didn't know how racist a joke was so uh i'd already forgotten about that just good stuff on here on the shrieking shack but we will be back with more after this break and ends from around online for us today hell yes that's my favorite two of my favorite things odds and ends and online some bits and bobs from online um not not really a theme here but i I don't know the harry potter fandom's a little riled up these days yeah they're they're getting a little rowdy getting a little feisty yeah so i thought we might do some confessions uh and then if we have time uh maybe we can help out with some party planning from reddit Ooh, my favorite <laughs> uh I know we kind of jump into the the Tumblr uh region of the fandom, but I I was kind of poking around online, uh thinking about what we could do today, and I just I couldn't help but notice the confessions uh are a little a little spicy lately. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Uh and to uh I guess demonstrate what I mean, I'll read this first oh, one no. here. <laughs> Okay. The recent MuggleNet article has made me realize that HP and Tumblr fandom have basically become the wizarding public to Rowling's Harry Potter. Who will swallow up whatever information clickbait articles offer up and rip into her for things she's never even said or said long ago, but have never been an issue until now. It is sobering. But at least it means JKR knows to expect such treatment and likely deals with it the way Harry did. This is not a confession. <laughs> yeah, number one, not a confession. Uh, number two, 
okay i i need there's to unpack a lot this. here there's sure. a lot here so by by <laughs> saying that the public is like the wizarding world do they mean like in book five when everyone hates harry like they're just, i assume so they're is not that they, what they're talking about I, yeah they'll just believe whatever is written about him ah you know yeah Clickbait. Rita Skeeter's this, clickbait articles. This is so funny because as we've established in previous episodes, like one or two headlines sort of condensed what she said, but the idea, like, like no, nothing anyone is mad at her for is wrong. Right. Like, like she said those things, she did those things. Uh, like there's one headline that condensed the quote to be a little bit more salacious, I guess, but like, like everyone keeps talking about how out of context she's been taken and i can't help but be reminded of when people say that people are taking uh jordan b peterson out of context and like <laughs> well, you should read the full quote and you'll see he's actually even stupider than what you're accusing of doing yeah yeah you read the full quote and you're like that's worse yeah that's, <laughs> that's way kind of worse jk right yeah <laughs> exactly um yeah i uh also the, the part where they say she's dealing with it the way harry does that's that is mostly what i wanted to zero but, in on here yeah. because i want to know what that means what, like 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 badly is that what they mean because <laughs> harry does not handle it very well at all um he kind of lashes out at everyone around him and 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 broods and uh, uh i mean you know maybe maybe did did someone who knows J.K. Rowling write this confession? Like, I'm not oh. sure. I mean, that would be a confession because in its current form, it's not. Um, yeah. I, I Let's come at it from the opposite way. Mm -hmm. If Harry was, was dealing with what J.K. Rowling is dealing with now, do you think he'd tweet about it? Like, or would he leave Twitter like J.K. Rowling oh. did? Ooh, that's a really good question. I know that like imagining how characters would behave on social media is like a really common fan thing to do. And I honestly, I think it's pretty cute sometimes. Like I, I like seeing posts that are like, here's, here's she Ra's Instagram or whatever. Like, yeah. I think that's, I think that's adorable. Um, I, for the life of me, cannot imagine what basically any of the characters in harry potter would behave like on social media except fred and george who as we know <laughs> are are youtube pranksters um but yeah, like yeah, like harry i think harry probably has a um <laughs> okay here's what here's how harry deals with stuff uh -huh. um so so imagining harry going through some rough shit in 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 the current year where he'd be like 40 right mm -hmm. like 30s 40s um and i imagine that harry writes facebook statuses in that style uh because he <laughs> do you remember when facebook used to have it so the username was like next to the sentence you were writing as your status and so people oh, would people would yes. start their statuses as like uh like is feeling good about going to see the dark knight or whatever yes would, i do it, remember that yeah okay. so i i imagine that harry potter like uh first started using facebook when that was how you type things didn't notice it changed and still types that way and i, I think and just that, that still everyone. happens right 
like, I, 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 I think couldn't that tell is, you. I have not used is, Facebook in forever. I haven't either. I feel like I've seen people screenshotting that format and putting it on like Tumblr to make yeah. fun of it. But I do agree with you. The the idea that Harry would probably be on Facebook or something doing it very weirdly. Like I bet that he would use like slight smile, but like sincerely just to yeah. do, like the emojis and like he would be sincere, but he like looks sarcastic. And then I bet he would be someone who is just not online at all. Like you meet someone that's our age and then you're like, Oh, you don't know who drill is. Yeah. Right? Oh, I was about to say like, like you <laughs> reference a drill tweet and then you just feel like a psycho. Cause they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah. That's Harry for sure. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I completely agree with that. However, I, I just had another epiphany is that as well as being very offline, like culturally, mm-hmm. I imagine Harry is also a, um, records vlogs in his car and uploads it to his YouTube channel guy and gets like 37 <laughs> views or something. Like, what's up everyone? It's Harry. Just, uh, recording a vlog here on my way to work um saw some mean stuff in the daily prophet about me today uh <laughs> that's okay though you know you know you, you know sometimes you, you gotta keep an eye out for fake friends uh and uh <laughs> I, it's just 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 that kind of just completely banal like like video blog stuff yeah i love that that no that's perfect and definitely like maybe did a periscope stream one time and like didn't know that it was recording for about the first half <laughs> like just at the office or whatever uh-huh. just like yeah just like streaming him walking between meetings <laughs> or something in the or office perfect i love that no that that's great i think we solved it um yeah perfect uh as i continue with these confessions i feel like it's going to follow the theme that i'm talking about here which is just like people are, it, it's more like rant hour at Harry Potter <laughs> People are getting agitated. Yeah. Unpopular opinion. But it really bothers me that since JKR said Dumbledore and Grindelwald had an intensely sexual relationship, that people have been freaking out. If Hermione had a bad boy phase and hooked up with Draco, all those same people would just be salivating over it and writing all the fanfic. Old people were young once and just as nasty as us. <laughs> it, it explains more why he's so incredibly reluctant to hurt the man. They shared much more than ideas. Let Dumbledore have a whirlwind romance. <laughs> I, wish I he love did. this. I wish he did get I... a whirlwind romance. If that was in the books or movies, that would be great. I love this implication that people are mad because he's old. <laughs> it's like, oh, they, they just, yeah, they just imagine an old guy fucking and they're like, ew, no, I hate that. He's played by Jude Law. Yeah, people love the, thinking about Jude Law fucking. Like, that's not the problem here, I don't think. <laughs> also, I, I also like this, uh, if, again, another idea that I think would be fantastic is uh, <laughs> Hermione having a bad boy phase and dating Draco. If that she was deserves the a bad boy phase. Yeah, if, if that was the, con- can you imagine if that was like the conflict in book five is like, like Harry doesn't know who we can trust and Hermione's dating Draco secretly. That would be fucking hilarious. That like, would be so good. Um, oh that also God. seems to be the other implication here which is that people are mad because one Dumbledore's old and two Grindelwald's a bad boy. 
he's Hitler. He's not a bad <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, he's not like smoking in between classes. He's like arranging genocides. I yeah, not 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 really like a charming rogue, honestly. <laughs> Fuck. Hermione, this next one her- is sorry. Yeah. No, I was just I was just reiter- going to reiterate give Hermione a bad boy phase. That would she, be incredible. I would I would love that. I'm sure there's a lot of fan fiction. The next confession I have is just for you. Uh hand selected. Oh, perfect. I wish more people understood historical context. If they're going to insist on making aesthetic sets of wizarding history, it's annoying to see watches and leather-bound books and 18th century gowns on aesthetics for the founders who lived around 1000 to 1100 AD. This was before even the Dark Ages of the medieval era. The look you're going for is Merlin. Maybe even Game of Thrones at a stretch. Not Kira Knightley in The Duchess. Okay, one, you know me so well. <laughs> Thank you for this. Yeah, yeah. Two, I, I'm, I'm mostly agreeing with this person in that I do think it is really... We- okay, I can't remember if I even brought this up when we did the first book, but... um uh nearly headless nick is described as being executed in like 1357 or some random like mid 1300s mm-hmm. uh date and he's wearing a ruff which is like 400 years out of date like he he would not like a ruff would not have been invented yet that's <laughs> the kind of bullshit i notice uh th- but hang but then they keep going and they say that uh <laughs> 1000 would not be medieval uh which mm, <laughs> Like, eh. also, I would like to see the fan art they're talking about, because even if it is inaccurate, the idea of um, a guy in like the year 1100 wearing a watch and carrying a sword that says Gryffindor on it is kind of amazing. And I want to see that. I, I am assuming that they're talking not about fan art, sadly, and more about like mood boards that are all pictures like pulled off of like Pinterest. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh okay so it's like it's like the the yule ball like like suit picks the like simple right. yet elegant yes. and it's like this is my so, head so yeah, it's like of godric. Go- godric gryffindor simple yet elegant uh suit from 2004 <laughs> and wearing a watch i'm so close to being there with this person but but they're ugh. What about the Game of Thrones comment? I have no context on any of this. Yeah. I mean, they, of, did, they did say it was a stretch. Game of Thrones honestly does the thing. That I, so Game of Thrones is not a great show anymore, I don't think. Or, you know, I, I fell off of it after a while. I will say I like the thing Game of Thrones does, which is basically not worry too much about the costume design thing and just like incorporate uh like medieval looking stuff into modern cuts like Mm -hmm. like Jon Snow is always wearing that like black suit that has like the top of a breastplate on it as like a Mm. neck thing and it's very stupid like that would not be anything anyone would wear in the actual middle ages but it looks cool and like kind of fits the aesthetic and that's what really matters um Mm -hmm. and like Harry Potter honestly I have a lot of bitching to do about Harry Potter in general, but I I like the way that the wizard robes kind of incorporate all these like ye olde European like styles. I I think it actually does okay, honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, I wish they had leaned more into that instead of making Draco a waiter, but that's all right. That, yeah, see, that's the thing. I I'm like the opposite direction where where I um 
you know, we've talked about this as a ton, but like, I, I really dislike how they, how much they don't play around with the uh, anachronistic looking stuff. Like it's such a bummer watching the fantastic beasts movies and just seeing them dress like, like basically just normal 1920s, like, like suits and stuff. And I'm like, you're going too accurate. I want it to look out of place. Like Mm -hmm. I want to see, I want to see like an out of place looking culture uh like interacting with muggles yeah um oh thank you for letting me go off about historical accuracy i yeah i saw that one and i knew it was just for you (laughs) thank you um my next one is a i think we can treat this as a confession so i would like i would like to either um uh you know declare it a moral sin or not um and this is gonna be a tough one and try not to just go with your immediate instinct here all right i will hold off Whenever I listen to Ed Sheeran's Eraser, I am reminded of The Cursed Child. I think it's because I saw the play in London just after the album was released, so I listened to the song on repeat on the way home. Also, the lyrics are about how fame isn't as brilliant as you might imagine, which is really applicable. I love that play. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry to go off on a tangent here, but when, when you saw the hit movie after in theaters, mm-hmm. did you get the trailer for the movie about the guy who wakes up in a world where the Beatles never existed and writes all the Beatles no. songs? Oh, what? Okay, I I saw a trailer before after of some movie where, where like a guy gets hit in the head and he wakes up and he starts playing songs in his guitar and everyone's like wow that's so good what is it and it turns out that he's he's awoken in a world where the beatles don't exist and he's playing blackbird on his guitar yes and and the reason i bring this up is because it appears that ed sheeran is like a major character in it there's like a whole bunch of scenes in the trailer as himself no no i i maybe ed sheeran is like his (laughs) like ed sheeran is like his manager or something or like runs this recording studio there's like Ed Sheeran is like introducing him on stage and then there's like a scene of them in like a recording studio where where he's like recording Hey Jude and Ed Sheeran's like arguing with him and it's like it should be Hey Dude uh and and I'm horrified by the prospect of this film I really I'm haunted by this movie and so whenever I, I can't I can't think properly about Ed Sheeran relating the cursed child because all I can think about is him starring in a movie about the beatles not existing yeah we might have to add this new movie to our bonus episode criterion collection yeah it looks like it might be that level of bad i'm i'm very curious about it um yeah anyways sorry sorry to go off on a tangent but but the ghost of ed sheeran is haunting me that's okay Uh, he's he's here and he's singing eraser which i have never heard i've never heard if i had if I have, I don't know it. I the only Ed Sheeran songs I know are the the one with the steel drums where he talks about how much he loves the shape of a lady. Sure. Um, and then Who I uh, and then I also know the one where he's pissed off at his ex girlfriend's new boyfriend because he <sighs> has tattoos and listens to Ministry, which he doesn't like. Those are the two Ed Sheeran songs I know. What was the confession here? What was? I'm just mad about Ed Sheeran. What's the confession? Whenever I listen to Ed Sheeran's Eraser, I am reminded of the Cursed Child. I think it's because I saw the play in London just after the album was released. No, I'm going with my gut now. It is a sin. 
It is a sin to. I knew you. To, I told. I told yeah. you not to be too hasty. <laughs> well, I had. To, I had to process my Ed Sheeran uh, uh, thoughts first, and and I'm coming down firmly on this is a sin. Um, uh, you cannot. Uh, you, you just. You just can't. You can't be mixing Ed Sheeran and, and Cursed Child. That's a. That's a real nightmare cocktail. That's like walking up to like the uh, the soda machine. At the, the fast food place or whatever and just like mixing all of them together into one horrible f- slush you just can't do that you gotta nothing wrong with liking some 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 goofy stuff but you can't you can't have you, have you considered that they're perfect for each other <sighs> you know you might be right they might be perfect for each other because he looks because well because ed she okay Ed Sheeran looks like the combination of Harry Potter and Ron Weasley. Sure, yeah. So combining the Cursed Child and Ed Sheeran might actually be the most logical thing to do possible. Because, you know, it's just, it, you're just daisy chaining more and more combinations all the way down. So maybe that works. So maybe this isn't a sin. Maybe, you know, it's not a sin to to think of a a new future. And that's a pretty that's a pretty wild vision for the future. There is to combine combine those things. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, I'm, it's it's thank you. It's I'm writing I'm writing an Ed Sheeran song right now, and that's that's I'm in love with a combo of two things. Hmm. We're still working on the on the melody, but yeah, uh, yeah, you you can workshop that one. Um, <laughs> I have another I have another workshop for you. Hell yes. I think a good exercise for our fandom, that's the Harry Potter fandom. Hell yeah. Would be to pick out our least favorite character and say something nice about them. (laughs) No, (laughs) no caveats. No, even though they sucked, just a genuine compliment. For instance, Umbridge was not afraid to embrace her femininity in a competitive high pressure job. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh good Ooh, i like this i like this one it's um, fun isn't it this is a fun one here why don't you start what's what's a character that you hate that you, you could say something nice about oh god what is a character that i hate um book seven snape <laughs> what what can you Does possibly say about him what, do you, what can you say about him though he's just so damn sexy fair enough (laughs) fair enough i guess i mean that's a constant throughout all the books surely but uh but uh yeah that that was a little bit of an easy way out that's a cheat a little bit um i'll i'll let me let me think of one uh ron really can uh catch a ball eventually can he? I think I think he gets okay at Quidditch, and even if he doesn't, it's still I'm saying a nice thing. I'm complimenting him. I'm boosting his ego. That's so, that's yeah. I think that I think that we uh, did good work here. I'm putting your Quidditch hard, performance on it? the fridge. It was pretty hard. I hate Ron a lot at the moment. Um, so it was very big of me to say this. I don't know how much I like this Umbridge uh, example that our <laughs> confessor used. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I it's 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 wild, right? Because I think, you know, we were we were both sort of 
chastising uh the the book for like making everyone seem to hate her just because she's a woman basically mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um that being said i feel like inverting it and making it about how cool <laughs> it is for this like plainly evil fascist lady to embrace her femininity is uh certainly a take it's like it's God, girl power it's girl it's power more this is uh, more women ceos right yeah this is this is classic painting the idf bombers pink bullshit right like yes <laughs> yeah ah <sighs> I just thought that would be a fun, a fun little experiment for us to do is kind of our, our giving back to the Harry Potter Who's fandom. Who's a character I hate? Um, this isn't the character. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I think that this is a fair one. I think this is fair game. Sure. Uh, for, for me, for me here. Quidditch mm. sounds like it could be fun if I knew the rules. Oh, I like that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. I have one more for us. Hell yes. This one isn't that spicy, but it's so topical because we got uh, info and maybe a teaser trailer about the new Star Wars movie. Are you excited oh, about that? Mm hmm. Uh, mm, am I excited about the new Star Wars? Uh, I think it will be fine. You know, J.J. Mm -hmm. Abrams does fine movies. Like Star Trek Into Darkness. Like Star Trek Into Darkness. <laughs> now that was a fine movie. It would be what great if he, if, he, if he could figure out how to get Benedict Cumberbatch in this new Star Wars movie. He's, they're cloning Palpatine, and the Palpatine clone is going to be Benedict Cumberbatch. Perfect. That's that'll be my... the perfect that'll be the perfect film thank you jj in advance for that um <laughs> but i'm sorry we have to spend our time on just the worst the worst star wars criminal in the world ryan johnson oh oh that guy he made a movie some people didn't like i like the movie what here we go the mirror scene with dumbledore and grindelwald reminded me of the scene with ray and kylo in last jedi where ryan johnson said those fingers touching was the closest thing we'll get to a sex scene in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> oh, my mind is expanding <laughs> because Grindelwald and Dumbledore is is Raylo. Yeah. It it is Raylo. It Raylo. is Raylo. It's oh my god. It's Raylo. We've, we've been reading we've we have been so naive. We've been out here dumping on JK, dumping on David Yates, and saying, like, oh, we're so tired of of, of you shoehorning this this weird <laughs> Grindelwald and Dumbledore relationship into the story after the fact. We're such fools. We're we are turning away Raylo, the thing, the most precious ship <laughs> in the galaxy. It is. Uh, we, it is very precious. We're turning it away. Oh my god, what a, what an incredible parallel um this also i'd never heard that quote before and it's insanely cursed by the way i've i i i don't like that i've never heard it before either i also promise you i did no research to find out if it was true or not <laughs> if you really said it. i don't know I, <laughs> look i to, to to avoid last jedi discourse i think it is a good movie 
Um, I will say that I think the, the thing I was most disillusioned by regarding The Last Jedi had nothing to do with the movie and more to do with the part where the director went on Twitter and said that everyone who disliked the movie was part of a Russian disinformation campaign. That part I didn't like as much. No, that's not great, is it? <laughs> that's not that's not super great. Uh, that um, yeah, that I did not love, but I, I do love. I have a newfound respect for this. Gr- what would what, what? Okay, so we have Raylo. What do we call? Is there a name for the Grindelwald in Dumbledore? Oh, certainly Sh- there is. I do. Uh, I Dumb- find out. Dumblewald. <laughs> Grindy. Grindle. What if it's just called Grundle? It appears to be Grindledore. Grindledore? Really? That sucks. That, I mean, it's according to the shipping wiki, and I don't know how much. Oh, um... No, I, I respect. I, I okay. definitely respect the shipping wiki. I've never heard of them, but anyone who is dedicated <laughs> to a wiki uh, for shipping, they, they know their shit for sure. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that is, that's so cursed. Status, uh, of, status of relationship. Enemies, ex-lovers, ex-best friends. You don't need it. It doesn't. Does this person think that everyone complaining about the representation in Harry Potter is demanding like a full on penetration scene between Dumbledore and Grindelwald? (laughs) You can can write a romance without an explicit sex scene. I think I would say most movies have that. Most books. Oh, it's also known as Dumbledore and also known as Albert. Oh, oh yeah, Gellert. Albert yeah, and Gellert. Yeah, I like that. I like Albert. That's cute. But the I official like the official name according to the shipping wiki is Grindledore. <laughs> Grindledore. Okie dokie, man. Well, I'm so glad that we could make this breakthrough and realize that everything is just Raylo. All all ships return to Raylo at some point. It's true. Yeah, um, it was something I didn't consider, but uh, it's good now, actually. It's good. Yeah, it's good now. Uh, Known known Raylo podcast, The Shrieking Shack, has weighed in, and actually we think that Grindelwald and Dumbledore is good. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great... We've made a lot of breakthroughs on this episode, haven't we? A lot of of real-time discoveries happening on this episode. I love it. Do we have some time for some party planning? I would love to do just a few minutes on some party planning because I I cannot get this thread out of my head ever since you sent it to me. Yeah, so I discovered this thread on the Harry Potter subreddit and and Harry Potter themed parties are very very common. Right? Oh, like yeah. there there is a thread every week. Uh but it's discussion week this week. Um this this post is help wanted from Potterheads. It's tagged help. And help. the post is hello, I am the maid of honor is my best friend's wedding and she is obsessed with Harry Potter. I'm planning her bachelorette party and would love to include Harry Potter games. The problem is I haven't read any of the books and have only seen the movies once. (laughs) I wasn't allowed to watch it as a kid. There will be about nine girls attending the party and she doesn't like anything raunchy or obnoxious. So far I have thought of one, pin the scar on Harry Potter. (laughs) Two... A potions class where we make butterbeer. Three, sorting us all into the houses and playing a game where the winning team wins the house cup. I don't have a lot of knowledge of Harry Potter and need your help with more ideas. Some people have offered up some Some, ideas. I love this premise so much. I also love the... Okay, look, we are the number one 
uh, Marriage Skeptic podcast online mm. as well as the number one Harry Harry Potter podcast. We have made our stance on that clear. Yes. Um, so maybe I'm just biased against bachelorette parties here. I do find the idea that someone is throwing a bachelorette party with the with the added caveat that there's nothing raunchy allowed. Isn't that the entire point of these things? I yeah, I thought so. Um <laughs> I yeah, as a tradition, I'm not a big fan of it, but like if you're gonna do it. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Yeah. I don't know. This sounds more like a child's birthday party to me, but let's get into some of the ideas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number one, fucking number one, top upvoted <laughs> comment. <laughs> you need a picture of Moaning Myrtle in the ladies' room. <laughs> can need. you can you explain that to me? <laughs> I. So th- my f- immediate thought was the was our classic research into the toilet basilisk, uh, and that how... is a classic. So, but specifically the part where they there was the, there's the added detail we always forget to reference when we bring it back up again, which is mm. the part where they said that you should re- get a recording of a woman <laughs> screaming and put it in the bathroom. Uh, and well, all yeah, I can... with like a motion detector, like yeah, tri- mo- like trigger the moaning myrtle sound. <laughs> so, I I don't know what it is with Harry Potter themed bathrooms. <laughs> um, the idea here, I love that it is it is so adamant and yet incredibly vague. What do they mean? <laughs> like in the mirror? Do they mean on the toilet? Do they mean just on the wall? What kind of picture? Like you just like printing a headshot out, or that's or, like, what I'm picturing. I'm picturing like an eight by ten glossy framed headshot of the actress. <laughs> oh my god! When I when I am planning the party, my first thought is how am I going to decorate the bathroom? Oh my god. And a good start is just a picture of Moaning Myrtle. What pictures do I need to print out to put above the toilet for this party? <laughs> the thing like my brain short-circuited a little bit because I was thinking of the mermaid picture in the prefix bathroom. That would at least be some I mean like I guess Myrtle does hang out in a bathroom but like she's a she's a ghost like she's a person if you're looking to put something up on the wall i guess at least like a painting that was also on the wall of a bathroom in the book would it be sort of funny question mark but I... like I, don't, <laughs> I truly don't under it's just like if this was just like some tossed off suggestion to be i mean it's fine it's whatever it's like i don't know put moaning myrtle she's in the bathroom put her in your bathroom but it's like you need this you've you, listen to me fucker <laughs> you need it not only that but 16 people were like yes i'm upvoting this comment <laughs> op is... needs to see this she <laughs> needs to have a picture of moni myrtle in the bathroom um can i read you my favorite um please suggestion do. please it's a do. simple one short but sweet give her a sock give her a sock that one to me that one is amazing because it's like it's just it's someone tossing off just like just a complete nothing harry potter reference but i like like the implication to me there is that she's being freed from her marriage with this sock right like you're free you don't have to marry him if you don't want you don't have to go through with this wedding and an absurd bachelor absurd bachelorette party i think that's why it might be the best suggestion here (laughs) yeah just do it just do anything else just go get Chinese food or something. I don't know. 
Uh, could you? Ex- I, I I remember. I seem to remember one or two drinking games being described in this. Can you? Can you? Yes. Yes. Can you give us an example. I can. If you want to do a drinking game, you could do a modification of beer pong with teams of two plus, each representing a Hogwarts house, and do a round robin to see who wins the Quidditch Cup. I'm making this up as I go. I would choose. <laughs> I could I would, not tell. I would do something where there are three cups in a regular position, parentheses triangle, and one <laughs> cup <laughs> and one cup really far away on another table or something, but equidistant from each team. The cups don't get pulled. The three cups are the hoops, and the far cup is the snitch. Each time you hit a hoop, you get 10 points. If you hit the snitch, you get 150 points. I think a game time of 10 minutes would be pretty good, but you can change this depending on how fast you want the games to oh go. God. You could also have the snitch end the game immediately, which would speed things up. The tough part would be finding a spot for the snitch that would be difficult enough, but still hittable every once in a while. Oh my I'm going to stop reading this. I've read about halfway through the post. <laughs> I... This is this is a really specific like niche of post, but like proposed drinking games are one of my favorite things online because I'm pretty sure that everyone who like makes these has never like I, I'm I'm sure it's like all teenagers who don't drink right because like the the concept of a drinking game is to just do something very simple to get people drunk right like the goal is to do something very easily rememberable. Like, 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 have you ever, like, seen, like, one of those threads that's, like, I'm watching this movie uh, with my friends and we want to do a drinking game. And people will post these, like, okay, you're watching Batman. Every time he does the Batman voice, take two shots. Every time uh, the Joker's <laughs> on screen, take three shots. If, uh, if someone gets up to use the bathroom when their phone rings uh, and you can hear the toilet flush, uh, you need to take one shot. Like people just make these insane arcane rules. And it's like, I think the entire point of these is just like, you do one thing and, and that's the thing part where you drink, right? Like, yeah, you can't really introduce a lot of complexity. I feel like drinking games are like, we, we pretty much got that figured out. Like no one yeah. is going to be introducing a new one. That's going to, that's going <laughs> to, we, we got it. We got it covered. Folks. I've invented a new drinking game. It's called Halo. Yeah, you drink while you play Halo. That's what I. That's that's my favorite drinking game. That's a good drinking sure. game. Yeah. Um. This is a, this is a humble suggestion. Oh, thank God. I was going to say Harry Potter's seen it, depending on the venue, which might work since you've seen the movies. But you'd want to make sure the others have as well, so they don't automatically lose. Oh my God. <laughs> I again. My worst nightmare is being. At a bachelorette party playing Harry Potter, seen it. That sounds like complete <laughs> hell. Like, like already don't want to be at this party. Uh, but but if the if the activity on offer is playing an ancient fucking DVD menu game, I would absolutely die. I mean, it would be very funny. I would also like to point out that there's one reply to that saying, "Oh, you could also play Harry Potter Trivial Pursuit," which like holy shit. I, wait, I have that. I have that in my closet. Oh, we should stream it or something. Yeah, we should play some Harry Potter Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, I fucking have that thing. I completely forgot about that. I have Harry Potter Clue as well. Nice. I <laughs> I, I, I had a lot of Harry Potter stuff as a kid. Um, yeah, this is beautiful. I just... 
the these party posts are a constant but i normally they're always like after the fact there's like here's pictures of my dumb harry potter party Mm -hmm. um i love this one that's like in the gestation period where it's like help me make my party i hope they i hope they report back with what they chose yeah you're just like watching it all unfold here it's really really good I need to see some pics of their bathroom with Moaning Myrtle. Well, they need they need to do that. They need, they need to. to. Do. That's why I that's why I got to see the photo cuz I'm like if you didn't do that, <sighs> license revoked. Yeah, marriage license revoked for sure. Marriage license revoked. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more. Um All right. and, and only because I think it's I, I want to try to puzzle out what it is. <laughs> I think you know what I'm going to read to yeah. you. Yep. This is from Reddit user Mr. Plays Games. All the S's are Z's in that username, by the way. Hell yeah. So you make a game called Escaped Azkaban, where everyone does something to try to escape Azkaban, like how to get out. Do you turn into an animal or try to blow the wall to get out like that until they have escaped for a year? What could this possibly mean? This is Saw. This is the premise of the movie Saw. <laughs> you have to blow the wall. <laughs> cut, cut arm off or blow the wall. Um, I The part that I'm really trying to understand is the escaped for a year part. Uh-huh. How is, like if you're just going around the, the, like the table and you're going like, how would you escape from Azkaban? <laughs> Uh, i turn yeah i turn into a dog okay how would you escape from azkaban uh i'd apparate how would you escape from azkaban i'd blow the wall does that mean (laughs) by for a year does that mean that you're like you need to come up with 365 ways to escape azkaban (laughs) is that the is that the goal here that's the (laughs) only thing i can think of that's my new Wattpad story. 365 ways to escape Azkaban. 365 ways to escape Azkaban. That sounds like, yeah, that's a, that honestly sounds like someone's like critical analysis of Harry Potter or something like the 365 ways to escape Azkaban, Harry Potter and the, and, and the uh, politics of prison abolition or something. Honestly, I kind of want to read that now that I've uh, wished that into existence, but like, I just, I don't understand what they mean by a year what could that possibly mean i don't know everyone does something to try to escape azkaban until they have escaped for a year this is like a long game maybe (laughs) it might be like it might be like you're playing like a long larping version of like cops and robbers with your with your bridesmaids but you the game has to be for a year did they mean an escape room? Possibly. Did, is this a really elaborate way of describing, like, turning the house into an escape room for this <laughs> bachelorette party? Maybe. If so, that's the best idea here. Yeah, I, I would I would also want to escape from this party, so <laughs> I'd be so good at this. I just wouldn't even, sh- I wouldn't even report. I wouldn't show up. I escaped just I was not showing up for my court date to um, take me to Azkaban the, the best escape from Azkaban is to never go in the first place I would simply yeah. turn the other way and not go into Azkaban <laughs> if I if I was arrested in the wizarding world I would simply apparate away from from Azkaban <laughs> 
Well, I hope they have. I hope they have a lovely, lovely bachelorette party. Uh, yeah, I hope it's so. Harry Potter themed for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I'm. I I can't wait to see what they um, what they come up with, what they choose. I hope they report back. I think it's time for us to take it to the close, don't you? Yeah. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check us out on, on I nearly said Bandcamp. You can't check us out on Bandcamp. They do not do podcasts. You can check us out on Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash streetcast. Uh, we have so many good bonus episodes. We've been covering the book after. We just watched the movie after. Uh, we met Jimmy Fallon. Um, I'm just going to keep saying things out of context until someone subscribes. It usually <laughs> works. Uh, we, we, we met Jimmy Fallon. We met Matt Damon. We found out what Matt Damon's favorite book is. Just all kinds of stuff on there that you can pay us for the low, low price of $3 a month. And Liz, what are we reading next week? Uh, we're going to be uh, reading chapter 15 the hogwarts high inquisitor i can't wait that is such a funny title for for a chapter i love the illustration too of of umbridge in a, in a big cloak it's a yeah very she's funny... looking a little mischievous looking a little scary uh speaking of umbridge we've got another way for her to die here that's exciting uh this is uh, this is number five uh of 100 ways to kill umbridge and this week the option is lock her in a room with 20 bludgers. <laughs> that's Which, gruesome. That's gruesome. I have to admit, I kind of like this one. This one, it's, this is at least an funny. imaginative. No, it's pretty funny. Um, the comment is, Uh-oh. I had not seen the comment. There's one comment here. And I just. Whew, this is from flute piano. And they mm. say enchant them to beat the stuffing out of her <laughs> opa dobby style just a cat in disguise